0: Hi there, you're listening to the Women's Rugby League podcast. I'm Georgia Halliday from the University of Liverpool Women's Rugby League team. Check out our Instagram at UOLWRL and find us on Facebook at the University of Liverpool Women's Rugby League. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy this episode.
1: Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Women's Rugby League podcast. I'm joined by the legend Amy Hardcastle. so Good afternoon. On this episode, we're going to be talking to Amy about her career so far and how she got into rugby. Amy, do you want to say hello?
0: Hello good afternoon. Thank you.
1: So where did it all begin, Begun, Amy?
0: So it was uh, at Siddle. It was back in 2009. I um, I left football when I was at college and go, went into the rougher sport. As everyone used to say, that was too rough for football. So I went down to Siddle when they were starting a new ladies team.
1: So, how did you find the transition? I can't, I can't imagine how much damage you've done on a football field.
0: <laughs> to be honest, I felt like I was in the right spot when I went to rugby league. I did like football, but, you know, I grew up with an older brother and he used to knock 10 balls out of me, but, you know, that toughened me up. and I, To be honest, I do also think that, Coming from my dad, you know he was he did a lot of sport, and I do think I've got some kind of genetics from my dad. And going into rugby league, I knew that that was the sport suitable for my build and the strength that I had.
1: So you're a pretty fast learner when you went to play it.
0: Well, I don't know if it was about being fast. All I had to do was get the ball and run. <laughs> um, to be honest, you know I still learn the game nowadays, and I think the players around me will know that. All we need to do with Amy is just give her the ball and run or just tell Amy to do this and she'll do it. It's, I can't say I'm a clever player. Um, just te- Like I say, you just if you just tell me to do something, I'll try and do it to the best that I can.
1: So, Siddle, how long were you there for?
0: I was there for a few years. I took a year out to have my daughter Olivia who's now 10. Um, returned back after Olivia. I think I was probably about... How was it? I'd have been going 22 then, um, spent a, a, another season there and then unfortunately with, you know, with folded due to um, other players becoming pregnant and just the team, just, you know, it just people left for personal reasons and unfortunately it was the end of Siddle then.
1: Where did you go from there?
0: So, Kirsty Moroni approached me, she was one of my friends back then and, well obviously still is but... Back then, when I sort of met up with her, we uh, she was on about she was at Clayton Bradford Thunderbirds. So I thought I'll go give it a shot. I've never been before. I knew that there was quite a few, you know, quite I would say very smart athletes in that team at the time. And I thought for myself that would be a good team for me to um go further my career.
1: Brilliant. Bradford Thunderbirds. How did things go there?
0: That, it was great, you know. It was, I was still learning as an athlete. I'd only been in the game a few years, and you know, a lot of the girls at Bradford, you know, they'd been playing since they were younger. So they, you know, very welcoming. And I found my role at the team, and I felt like the coach found my position as well. Because at Siddle, I used to play fullback, and I really enjoyed fullback. And I think that's how I possibly got noticed. But I personally think being at centre and a new position at Bradford that helped me develop my game.
1: I gotta say, like, being a centre has treated you very, very, very well. You've gone on to become, what, being a centre treated you very well, and you've gone on to become one of the best centres in the world team of the decade centre. So the the must have seen and been a bit clever with doing that.
0: Yeah, I think you know a lot of it's probably down to my my pace and you know the strength out wide because a lot of the games I'd be just tackling people out of touch and you know that was probably a strong and safe you know position for me within the team I could probably play in the forwards and still give a good 80 minutes but they felt me on the edge that I was protecting you know them especially the vulnerable side to the edge
1: so Bradford Thunderbirds how much did you guys achieve while you were there
0: I think we we was quite we was always at the top. I'm not quite sure if we actually won in a silverware at Bradford Thunderbirds, but I know that we we did some tough battles, especially at, on the pitch that we used to play up, um, at Clayton. It wasn't the best of grounds, but you know it was great for us. But we you know when we're playing the teams like Thato, and there was um, Wakey at the time, you know the new fev, fev team, and you know it were close games and. You know we always we always finished quite close games with you know it's just it was one of them as well you know people coming in out, out of the squad people changing where they want to play new teams developing but I don't think we actually won any silverware we always ended up finding ourselves at a final against that OEF and we was we just never could win it it was always playing at witness in a final every single year. Wasn't that away from we just we could never break the um break the curse.
1: Let's move on to Bradford Bulls. This is hey. this, this is probably over in England where people know you from. Charging runs, smashing people. You know, how was your time at Bradford?
0: I loved my time at Bradford. It's it really like brought brought me out as you know. As me, I would say, you know, along the way, I've had my ups and downs and walking off pitch because I've got a really bad attitude. And, you know, before I obviously left a few months ago, I felt like, you know, I was getting a better mindset and I was leading by example. I really appreciate what everybody did for me at the Bulls. You know, all the actual staff at the Bulls, not just like the women's team, but the staff within Bradford Bulls and I have to thank, more than anybody, is the fans because if it weren't for the fans, I wouldn't probably be where I am now because they're the ones that have always kept pushing and, you know, coming to games and chanting my, chanting a song like that. When I turned up to the final, when we won the treble, you know, when they came off the double decker buses at York when we were playing Fev, and they're all just chanting this song, Amy, Air song. It was like it—it it was like one of the best feelings that I've ever experienced in my life. And you know, that always goes with me anywhere I go because all the, the girls from different teams always sing it to me. <laughs> and you know, and that's down to the—that's down to the fans and. You know, I, I just want to say a massive thank you to them because it's it's them is what's pushed me and pushed me to always do better at Bradford and that's where, you know, that's probably got me to where I am now.
1: So, how was that treble winning season, the beginning of Women's Super League?
0: Well, to be honest, it was immense. Like I've always wanted to, you know, win some silverware. Didn't have, obviously, the opportunity at Siddle. We did, obviously, win the league and then we went up into premiership, but you know, win, winning that and having having the people behind you, seeing you win that and, you know, it's it's not very often teams get to do that and it was amazing that I got to do the treble, which nobody, no team has had the opportunity to do that yet uh, and do it at Bradford and do it with, with the people you know, that I care a lot about, you know, not just the, there wasn't just teammates, you know, they, I've become quite close friends of a lot of people that I won the treble with
1: I'm gonna say a a lot of that team now have left Bradford but they're still right at the top of the game. They're, they're right up yeah, there. And a lot are... of them have gone on one stuff prior, since then with other teams. But that Bradford team, yeah. I, I remember people saying how good they was and they're actually making news and being seen because it was that good. And the treble's massive. Yeah, and I think that's where
0: it started came from. We had such a strong team. We had you know, Lois Fussell, we had Beth Sutcliffe, we had Rihanna Marshall, we had Danny Bowes, we had Danny Swain, you know, Stacey Wilson, we had Jess Cortman, you know, Savannah, you know, we had so many people, you know, and the athletes that, you know, have come from Bradford and gone on to other clubs. And we had Charlotte Booth as well, like, I can't not miss Charlotte Booth, and, you know, we were such a team and we all just worked great together and we just knew, we just knew how we all played. And even Shona Hoyle, I'm, think, I'm just like thinking of all these teams and I'm just reeling them off. I'm thinking, God, Shona's come from Bradford as well. And, you know, it's great the fact that even though Bradford's lost players, but you've got to think of personal reasons why people want to go on to other teams. And obviously with the expansion of Super League, you know, the teams like Cass High, you know, Cast coming out and Leeds and... you. It doesn't surprise why people want to go on and do bigger and better things and play under clubs like that because they are Super League teams. They want to be that brand. And to say they've, they've, you know, regenerated from Bradford and they've gone on to these teams, I just think it's great because the younger ones come through and think, do you know what? I want to go play next to uh, Lois Fassell. I want to go play next to Shona Hoyle and Rihanna Marshall and Charlotte Booth. And I just think, you know, We have
1: to thank a lot for Bradford to get where we are. So, time at Bradford has come to an end now. A lot of players left previous to you, showed a lot of loyalty by staying on there. Where have you gone to now?
0: So, I've gone to over the border. Some may like, some may not. I'm still Yorkshire, but I've gone over to St. Ellen's. And, you know, so far, so good. I just want to you know, recap a little bit about Bradford, you know, coming to like with COVID and stuff and changes and I just felt like I had a lot of time to think about things and, you know, I was very loyal to Bradford and I stayed there a long time and I had massive hopes for the ladies team as well and obviously with people going, you know, it made it more difficult, you know, we had nine internationals there at one point and then there was just me left at the uh, beginning of this year, and we've obviously the world coming up, the ne- World Cup coming up next year. I felt like I was quite isolated. I, you know, I always wanted to maybe do things that we used to do at England level, but being on your own there, it was quite hard to be able to get others on the same level as you. So I felt like I needed to look at another team and building up to next year. I wanted to become that better athlete I wanted to you know be more dangerous I wanted to be more you know aggressive in my game I wanted more opportunities and I want I want to win some more silverware and you know I felt like I do feel that St. Ellens is going to be a really good team to join and play 2021 season with.
1: So let's talk about England and team of the decade where did it all begin with England?
0: It all began at Siddle. I was playing about six months and then I got noticed and got invited into the national programme within six months of playing rugby league.
1: Now I've got to say, like I've spoken to a few people and there are some absolutely world-class players who have been picked up really early on in the career. So how did you find it going into England set up?
0: Very surreal. I I didn't think um, that I would have made England so quickly. You know, it was wasn't like it is now like out there you know I did know there was a program but I never thought that I'd ever get the opportunity to be called into it you know once I did want every hope of potentially reaching that goal um, later on but within 6 months like I thought you know what I've probably got something special if someone's noticing that within 6 months of my playing then they obviously have high hopes about me
1: so England how many World Cups have you been to?
0: I've been to two World Cups, but I've been to also Nines World Cup. So this will be my third if I do get selected.
1: F- fingers crossed on selection. I mean, I've seen your Instagram pictures and you're looking absolutely in absolutely immense shape. You look terrifying. <laughs> in the Thank nicest you. possible no, way. I am,
0: working, I am working super hard. You know, I have always worked hard and, you know, I've. I've now joined a guy called Matty, and I'm not sure if you know him, but you
1: know. Oh, I've we know, we know Matt he, he does a lot behind the scenes for the oh, show, so he? I bet he does. thank you again, he Matt. Likes to
0: get in there. <laughs> but yeah, so I, you know, I'd, I'd spoke to Jody and Faye and you know, prior to the nines, they were seeing Matt quite a bit, and it was through lockdown, Faye gasking, and I hadn't seen her for ages, and I just couldn't believe the sh- the shape changing you know, up and. I was uh, I was like a bit shell-shocked, really, how great she looked. And I was like, mate, how have you done this? And it's like, oh, is it's Matt eating? I thought, well, nothing on fair, but if he can get fit into the shape that she is, what can he do for me? So I approached Matt and I was like, Matt, I need some help. I, you know, it's down, I don't know what to do. I'm on my own kind of thing. I'm thinking about changing clubs. I, I really need to, like, get a grab of me and where I want to be so he was like right let's do this so I've you know I've been seeing Matt every week and you know he's getting me lifting you know weights I've never even lifted before and I always felt like years ago maybe I'm at my peak of being an athlete and I was probably wrong because I'm like lifting unbelievable weights with him and you know I just a massive thank you to Matt because you know, not only is he, is my body changing, and it does go from all the hard work I'm doing, but, you know, the programmes that he's been doing are working, and he's also changing my mental battle as well that I, you know, I can struggle with sometimes. So, yeah, massive thank you to Matt um, for getting, you know, getting me in this kind of shape where I'm getting there now.
1: Yeah, I watched you the other day, like I said to you off air. i seen a video of you in the previous World Cup and I couldn't believe the the physical change in you, in your appearance and everything.
0: Yeah, it's weird because even like last the like not when I look back to twenty thirteen and twenty seventeen, I'm like God, I look so different now. And then when it was like the um, World Cup nines last year, I was like, I felt quite, I felt in good shape, I felt fitter. And like now, I'm like, Nah, I'm way better than that. And you know when we had fitness testing back at england a few months ago like i got best on my uh, test that i've ever done before and i was like hey what's going on and it's just because i'm being a lot smarter and maybe just getting a, a little bit more support behind the scenes and you know england are doing great now there's a lot more staff on board and we're getting we you know we've got us programs we've got us field programs you know we're on it and that's really helping as well because you know, I'm building in areas that I might be a little bit weak in and it's all a collective, it's all collective and it's just, it's really exciting what 2021's going to bring.
1: So, you're going to go into the World Cup hopefully selected. How was it when you got team of the decade? How did they break that news to you?
0: It's, you know, it's, I still get, I'm shocked about it, you know, it's a massive, massive achievement and Sometimes I'm like, have i really got into that, and it's like, yeah, you have, and it's I appreciate that I've got into it. And sometimes I don't, I, I don't believe in myself in it, and I think of other people that should be into it. But then I think, you know, I've given a lot, of, a lot up for a bit, um, and I, you know, I've done everything that I can, and I do deserve, I, I do deserve it. And you know, I appreciate whoever was on that board who decided for the team of the decade. You know, a massive thank you because. That is a massive achievement for me and that you know, I'll always, I'll always be close to my heart and I'll always take it further in rugby and to be the only one to be in the team of the decade, you know, it's unbelievable for me.
1: So, how did you find your first World Cup?
0: First World Cup, quite. I was quite young back then, 2013. You know, it was a great experience and, if it won't ref would have probably won Australia, and it probably changed the whole the whole tournament. But you know, scoring a hat trick against New Zealand, and it's never been done before. Like that's just that was just a phenomenal game for me. And you know, yeah, running them lines which you've probably seen on social media.
1: You do you do stuff like that, and then wonder why you got team in the decade.
0: <laughs> that probably got it me actually. But yeah, um, that was a great, you know that was a great tournament, and it was an eye opener, and it always that was. Always, the next step up from playing France, and you know having the opportunity to play like teams like Australia and New Zealand, like being in front of that hacker, you know, it gives you chills. You felt emotional. You you accepted it, and you know I felt privileged them doing the hacker for me, and I'll, that's a massive. That's another thing that will always stay close to my heart. You know, having that opportunity, them players to do that hacker.
1: So 2017, how did that one go for you?
0: Well, 2017, that just, the only thing I can think of in 2017 is the coast to coast. <laughs> what well, everybody still goes on about. But yeah, 2017, you know, it was another great experience. We got to go out to Australia and my mum came out with my daughter, which were brilliant. And, you know, just seeing the other side of the world, because I'd, I'd have never gone and, you know, Chris Chapman giving me that opportunity to go out there and play. And, you know, I thank him a lot for that because he gave me a lot of, you know, chances that you know to progress my career and help me develop as an athlete as well. And unfortunately, we didn't. You know, we didn't come away where we wanted to be. But you know, getting to go out there and playing, playing with your friends and representing your country and wearing that badge, you know, it's you just can't. You can't ask for any more.
1: World Cup nines. What was the difference between two thousand thirteen, two thousand and seventeen? And the World Cup Nines World Cup and media coverage. It was
0: just, the whole atmosphere, it was just unreal. And, you know, NRL over there and, the, you know, the stage that they put us on, you know, it had been, you know, planning for a while. You could see that when you got there. And, you know, when we ended up all meeting together in as kits as a team and we all had the big photo outside Sydney, like, that was just
1: That's a class photograph, that.
0: Do you know that is that is a right memory? That like you just just being on that platform with the men and you know them back in the women's game from the countries that you know was there in the tournament and it's just it we I well me personally I really appreciate the media coverage because coming in the game in two thousand and nine we didn't really have any social media wasn't like it is now and that is. How women's sport is getting out there by the media coverage, and if people don't do that, we can't we can sport and show you know show the younger ones what rugby league is about. And I think it's so important that you know people try and back the women's game, not only in rugby league but in other sports as well, because we all have we all have the opportunities to be able to do sport. It doesn't it doesn't matter where you've come from, your gender, you know, your nationality, nothing and media is a massive part to how we can increase the level of the game and, you know, the World Cup nines really, really helped that and, you know, after the games and stuff there was like interviews that, you know, Rudgie did and get you know, giving, you know, feedback of the games and how it is out there and then we had, you know, our media guys on two of us and they were fantastic. There was, you know, on us all the time in camp and just trying to just Show our personality, show what England women rugby league are, and you know, we have a lot to thank for them because they give us a lot of coverage on the England um, website and you know, the Twitter accounts and the Instagram and Facebook, and you know, being able to play it on, on telly as well like that's just another step further in the right direction.
1: Yeah, yeah, watched that. And I got my son up really early in the morning, which he wasn't best pleased about to begin with. But yeah, you had the grand final on. You guys go out there near enough. Is it day after or the day after that? You're pretty much straight around, big turnover for the yeah, of these it was players. It, was it,
0: I remember going, because obviously we didn't make the final, but I remember watching the final at Saints and then we ended up flying out
1: the next day to Australia. Yeah, I remember that and then like it, it going from. I was at matches, and there might be one other media person who covers women's games, and nothing, to suddenly you're all on television and being talked about in the light that you deserve to be. Oh,
0: thank you. No, being covered the I, I agree with you. I totally agree with you. And the hard work that all these girls do in the team, and all the staff in the team that, you know, give all their time up just to, you know, support the girls and, you know try and get the best out of people and you know get the the teams you know winning and getting to finals and media is a massive part and we just really really want that push and got building to 2021 we can see that already that it's it's already happening and it's fantastic and you know it's it's the way forward
1: you've had media coverage on you as well during the the covid pandemic I've, (laughs) i've seen you on the local news (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, Tanya, I Bless her. I thank Tanya for that. She um, find, uh, very grateful for uh, you know giving me a message and you know sending a lot of love to me, working through this pandemic and giving me the opportunity to share some of my feelings. Because you know, I get people's thoughts on COVID and stuff like this. You know, you've got people that believe it, people that don't. But you know, it's very difficult having to be on the front line and be presented with COVID positives and then having to go home and hope you've not caught it or brought it home. And, you know, it's it was nice that Tanya let me share my um, story on that. So I did find Tanya Arnold um, on Up
1: North. So the episode's nearly a wrap. So what's next for you, Amy?
0: So, yeah, I'm going to just build now into season 2021 with St. Ellen's and then hopefully get that selection for the World Cup end of the year and I just want to you know continue playing rugby as long as I can until my body lets me but you know I just want to say a massive massive thank you to a great friend of mine who is a fantastic sponsor as well and I couldn't get where I am now if it weren't for Richard Maltbeck you know I owe him a lot, I, you know, financially or whatever, I cannot, like, give him how much I, I want to give it, I'd love to give him a million pounds out how much I want to say thank you to him, but I can't, and, you know, he is supporting me above and beyond and always does, and I just thank you so much, Richard, and, you know, I appreciate everything for you do for me, and, you know, I'm going to... Hopefully, get into that World Cup and make you make you proud as well as my family. And you know, a massive a massive thank you to my mom and you know my my chap AJ for supporting me along the way. And you know, and I just hope that I can be a great role model to the ones coming up, and as well as my daughter. But I, I want to thank you as well for giving me this opportunity just to share my story as well.
1: No, honestly, when I speak to people, like I was saying, you're one of the two names which just pops up over and over and over. Of who people want to be like, who they look up to. Aww. So it's, again, thank you for coming on the show. No,
0: and thank you, and I'm sorry it took so
1: long. <laughs> right. I'll hopefully be seeing you play next year, as long as COVID decides to go. Yeah, yeah. and don't forget,
0: you need to put your red and
1: white shirt on. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, my name is Masha, and I play for the University of Manchester Women's Rugby League team. And if you're interested, you can find us on Instagram at UOM underscore RL underscore women.